Why are we up here, babe? There's a ghost in our house. No, there's not. It's an old house. We got it for nothing. A family died here, birds crashing into the windows, and neighbors don't look at us, and our dog died. But it's, it's not haunted. It's a steal. Aiden's talking to demons. He has an imaginary friend. A chair floated across the room. Earthquake. It's levitating, Doc. You're not well, Shelly. Just like your mom. There's a ghost beside you right now. No, there's not. Yes, there is. No, there's not. Oh, fuck. And I know tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. All right, let's do this shit. Welcome to episode 52 of the I Know Tomorrow podcast. As always, I am your host, Matt. If you haven't listened to any of the prior episodes, please go back and do so now on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, Download and subscribe. Feel free to email me at iknowpod at yahoo.com with any questions, comments, or feedback that you might have, or, which is probably the easier route, you can hit me up on Instagram at I Know Tomorrow Pod. As always, we got a lot of shit to get to this week, so without further procrastination or further ado, let's get into it. As if you care. Starting off this week, as always, with As If You Care, where I run through some topics and or personal experiences from the past week. As if you actually give a fuck. And this week, I want to start with something that has always taken up a bunch of my time and is probably the main cause of my stress these days. That, of course, is my job. And I guess I share that feeling with a lot of people, but as Adam Sandler once said, I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say. I mean... You're here already, right? But since last year uh, when the pandemic broke out in March, I have been exclusively working from home, which obviously is great because I no longer you know, have to go into the office, which means no paying for gas, no 40-minute commute both ways, and probably more importantly, not having to see and talk to people every day that if I had my choice, I probably wouldn't talk or see this person or these people at all. Because let's face it, they're your co-workers. It's a different world in the office. There are things that you will say or things that you will do in an office that you will not at all say or do in your normal life. Like, for example, I use the word advise in almost every email that I type. I never use that word in my everyday vocabulary. I use the word advise at work as much as I use the word fuck at home. Which, by the way, it is amazing how my beautiful, innocent son has not said fuck yet. Like, I think he said the word shit, but that's about it. I mean, it... And for me, it's not really a big deal because it's a word for me, just like any other word is just a word. But of course, I do understand the stigma that socially comes with it. So I don't just want him walking around, you know, talking about fuck this and fuck that, just all willy nilly and all. But if he's home and he's watching TV and Spider-Man is in some deep shit 
And he involuntarily says aloud, oh, fuck. I'm sitting there like, yeah, son, you're right. Oh, fuck, indeed. Shit, how's Spidey going to get himself out of this one, right? But back to work. So since working from home has completely changed the way that not only businesses run, but how society runs and is, you know, really was the starter of what led me to starting this podcast, first and foremost, I've noticed a few things that maybe it's just me. I I don't understand. And right at the top of this list is people who call out from a remote job, which really at this point is just a text message, right? Because maybe the fact or maybe the act of calling in to call out is probably at this point like having a VCR, but whatever. But for me, why would someone call out when their home is essentially their office? That would be like going into work, walking straight up to your boss and saying, hey man, I don't feel good, I'm leaving. And like immediately doing that. Not like you came in at 9 and at 10.30 you tried to tough it out and at 10.30 you're like, shit, I, I, I can't do this, I need to go home. I'm talking immediately walking into your, your job, walking straight up to your boss and saying, yeah man, I got a headache, I'm, I'm out. Which... I guess if you think about it, would be a pretty beast move on their part, but it's also pretty ridiculous. Like, you got out of bed, you put on clothes, got in your car, drove all the way to work just to do that. Doesn't really make uh, much sense, but respect. And for the people on my team, most of the callouts that I do see are for those types of reasons. Like, I have a headache. I don't feel good. I'm tired. You know, the type of shit that if you went to the school nurse in grade school and you told them that, they would just kind of like give you a juice box or some shit and <laughs> let you lie down on the cot for a little bit and then send your ass back to class. Not today, Timmy. Not like an actual excuse. For example, it's coming out of two different places. If that's because if that's happening, I don't want to hear about it. That is a definite text message as opposed to a phone call. I don't want to hear you calling out in between throwing up. But maybe this is more to uh, the kind of person I am or the type of work ethic that was installed in me by my parents. But I don't get why you would call out for some stupid reason as opposed to actually using that day and doing something fun. Like, plan something and schedule it because, let's face it, you're boring. I know for a fact that there isn't anything that just came up out of the blue which made you want to call out. You're not like a 30-something-year-old Ferris Bueller having the time of your life as the sausage king of Chicago. You're just home eating some leftovers and I don't know, binge watching Squid Game and old episodes of The Office, which by the way, The Office is much more like your own office than you probably think. But guess what? You could be doing all of that while in the same PJs you've been wearing for the, you know, for 3 days now, all while you're technically Working, Because believe me, I've seen people do this in an office. 
So why would I not think that people have this same setup at their home computer? You don't have to call out for it. And there's literally nobody there to supervise you. So just as long as you're getting some work done, no one is going to give a shit. Spoiler alert. But instead of being smart about it, here's your dumbass just losing a day that you'll have to wait to the beginning of the year just to get back. That makes absolutely no sense to me. And while that may not be, or actually while that may be the biggest thing that I don't understand, before I get, <laughs> before I get too deep into all my issues with my job, I, I do want to address one last thing that for God knows whatever reason has happened to me twice in the past like day or so. If you're asking a question where it's fairly obvious you have no idea what's going on, how is it okay in any way to respond to me after, you know, I just gave you an answer that your dumbass probably should have known already? How is it okay to respond with, okay, just wanted to confirm? You just wanted to confirm? Like, maybe you truly don't know what the word confirm means. But in this scenario, let me show you the difference. Hey, was this paid on Thursday? The notes seem to indicate that, but wasn't sure. That's asking for a confirmation. Not going, hey, uh, can you tell me what's going on with this file? Because that is as generic of a question as it gets. What could you possibly be asking for a confirmation on? That the file or, you know, a file exists in the system or even in the universe? Because the only reason I can see someone using that incorrectly, of course, aside from not knowing any better, I would guess is that it makes the person feel less stupid for not being able to answer the question by themselves. Which... People, everyone is going to be wrong at some point. It's inevitable. Like death, taxes, and Thanos. You are going to get some shit wrong. And the sooner that you get that through your egotistical, dumb as shit brain, the better off you're going to be. It's okay to be wrong. I can deal with being wrong. Doing something that doesn't make any sense, that I cannot. And because if you can't tell, you couldn't tell already, I have a very low tolerance for shit that doesn't make sense. Like, here's another example. Yesterday, uh, we're going to be putting a new uh, part in your team's process. Okay. Okay. uh, Why is that? Well, could you help uh, report and capture data better? Well, I'm, (laughs) I'm sure it does. But what is the problem that we are essentially trying to fix? By making this change. Uh, well, uh, it, it's really not that hard at all. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it is. I'm just trying to understand the why. And then that sort of just kind of went back and forth with, without any sort of explanation as, a, at all. And it's fucking maddening. So to the creator of this existence, whoever the hell you are, please fix this. Because I'm losing my fucking mind. 
I was a Lakers fan too before he said that. Really? Yeah. I was really pissed off when he said that because I like LeBron. And then I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, LeBron. Seriously. And speaking of not making sense, for some reason, and, and as much as I try to avoid him, somehow Kyle Rittenhouse continues to come across my timeline. And what's funny is, as much as I welcome and champion feedback from people, whether it's good or bad, I honestly don't receive too much, and especially not via email. However, in the case of this kid, I did receive the following via email. Hey, for as much as you keep saying you're not going to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse anymore, you can't seem to keep his name out of your mouth. (laughs) So thanks for that uh, random Republican person. But believe me, it's not something that I want to talk about. I can't help it, but when I, I can't help to see it. And I also see parallels um, to this situation that have worked out quite uh, quite differently. Um, like in this one, for example, I came across this post where apparently Kyle Rittenhouse took offense to something LeBron James said about him, um, I believe when this first happened. And while I'm sure I could probably have an opinion on that or whatever was said, I won't because why. But what caught my attention, and is the reason why I'm even talking about this right now, is in my head I saw this post and I said, why is his 15 minutes of fame not up yet? And I know the verdict is still fresh, but isn't that the time to lay low rather than doing a fucking press run like you're coming out with an album this year? I mean, hey, shout out to whoever his manager is or whoever's running this PR campaign because he's fucking everywhere. You're nailing it. Because I actively try to stay away, but here he is on every damn blog right next to, uh, I don't know, whatever Marvel story that I'm sure is going to fuck up whatever show or movie that I haven't had a chance to watch yet. Or, you know, the random headline about how Adele's new single is changing... um, (laughs) Changing the way someone looks at life or some shit. But he's everywhere. And it seems like it's okay to everybody. Yet, and another example, OJ was found not guilty. And every time since that's happened, or even when he pokes his head outside, someone is always there to say, you got away with murder, can't you just shut up already? So why not the same energy here? Shit, at least we know that Kyle killed two people. Do we really know that OJ killed two people? And OJ was the juice. People fucking loved OJ prior to that case. Yet, as soon as it happened, and, you know, he was in the back of a Bronco with a gun to his head, that shit was all over. And then it just became, oh, OJ, can you just go somewhere and die already? So why is it not the same with this kid? Shit, in fact, I just told you last week that, you know, he deserves to go to, you know, take classes at any university that will accept him. And let me double down on it. If there is a university that doesn't accept him, I would argue that it isn't right in his defense. That being said, I don't care to hear his opinion on anything let alone LeBron James. I don't really care to see him say much of anything, really. So 
why the fuck is he in my face 24-7? And in case you didn't know, that question is rhetorical because we all know the reason why. And by the way, before anyone gets mad at me for this, I am not at all saying what OJ did or did not do. I wasn't there because if I was there, they probably uh, would have found three dead people. Whoever did that shit wasn't leaving a witness. That person was a savage. And, you know, I wasn't on a jury that ultimately found him not guilty. So don't blame me. I'm just simply making an, you know, an observation of how one situation says that this kid can continue to live his 15 minutes of fame. But when OJ goes to Starbucks, uh, you know, there's someone always telling him to just go home and shut the fuck up. And this is now, what, 20, 30 years later at this point? Like, why is it that we as a society feel like we, we get to pick and choose when someone can have a redemption story or when someone is just condemned for the rest of their life? And maybe that's a little too deep for this conversation, but I'm a see-everything-in-its-totality kind of person. Like, this is probably off whatever, but... In my head, when I was saying I wasn't there when Nicole Brown and Ron Goldman were murdered, I was also thinking, <laughs> how crazy would it have been if I was there? Like, detectives are, you know, going around, surveying the scene, blood everywhere, two bodies, that at least makes some sense as to why, you know, they're there. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, is this 10-year-old mixed kid from New Jersey. Like... How the hell do you solve that part of this case? What is he doing here? Was Jeffrey Epstein a friend of his? Was Ghislaine Maxwell a friend of hers? I don't know. Too many questions for me to answer. Wait. What did you say? We've come to the second segment of the podcast titled, Wait, What? Where I go in depth, or, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Where I go in depth on a topic or two that has caught my interest in particular over the past week. And unfortunately, this week, I came across a story that's pretty disturbing and speaks to something that I may have talked about before on this podcast. But since it's a, it's a discussion I've had recently with a few people, I figured that I'd touch on it in light of this story. Um, the story being that there was a 12-year-old boy in Tennessee recently who committed suicide after a few of his classmates had made fun of him um, for, you know, how he dressed, among other things, and allegedly told him that he was going to hell for being gay. And to give more of a background for those who might not be familiar with this, um, this this 12-year-old boy, uh, like I said, recently took his life on November 28th, um, but he was a member of his middle school band, where he played trombone, and according to his parents, wasn't scared of being himself. Which, before I go into this, you know, any further, I want to take a moment to big that part of it up. Because to be that secure with yourself at that age, while facing that kind of adversity, that kind of hate, and that kind of ignorance, is nothing short of incredible. I mean, most people get into their 30s and 40s before they can be that comfortable, if they ever get to that point with being comfortable with themselves. So for, you know, whatever it's worth, um, 
you had a lot of people beat there, kid, and that's that's pretty amazing. The article uh, went on to say that he loved to paint his nails, loved the color pink, and would wear a SpongeBob sweatshirt on most days, which his parents added that he wore this sweatshirt so much that they think it probably was used against him, um, you know, with kids that were bullying him at his school, even though he loved doing laundry. And I guess that's where I'll start, because for me, reading this was tough on a few levels. First, because so much of this reminds me of myself. Uh, I, too, recently painted my nails for the first time. And while 10 years ago, I would have looked at you like a weirdo because that wasn't something welcomed or something championed where, I, you know, I was born and raised. Now, I think it looks kind of dope in certain situations. I'm more partial to black, but I'm not mad at pink. Uh Everyone has their different style, and mine just so happens to be, leave me the hell alone. And I feel like not much else says, leave me alone, like black nail polish on a man who already has a huge beard and a lot of tattoos. So for me, mission accomplished. And then, even as I sit here recording, I pretty much rock the same shit day in and day out, even though I too love to do laundry. And... To get us off of this sad story for just a second, I do have to say it's never made much sense to me why so many people hate doing laundry, yet, on the other hand, love the idea of set it and forget it for anything else. Because isn't that 90% of what doing the laundry is? I mean, you put it in the washer, you put it on the settings, you wait for it to wash. Then, you put it in the dryer, put on the appropriate settings, And when that's done, you fold it and put it away. Very, very simple process. Plus, who doesn't love the feeling of warm fabric right out of the dryer? Regardless of how you're feeling, that shit will relax you immediately. That aside, I'm also triggered um, because I'm a parent. And when reading this article and seeing what the parents had to say, I can't help but empathize with them. And not only that, when I'm reading this article... I hope that they aren't trying to blame themselves for what happened here. For example, it says, though his parents knew he was being bullied, they said they didn't know the extent of how it made him feel or how he was feeling. Um, Like the dad, for example, says, it was really abusive. I don't think it was ever physical. I think it was just words, but words hurt. They really hurt. Then the mom went on to say, this has just blindsided us. This is something we would have never, ever expected. He was loved more than he realized, but he was still failed. We all failed him. We all failed him. It's as simple as that. But I know it's hard now to not blame yourself if you're in their shoes to at least some degree, because we all do that when someone passes away. But in this case, where it's a child that, you know, she herself said you would never expect an outcome like this. Um, As hard as it is and it's going to be, we as parents have to accept that there's always going to be an element to our child's life or what they learn that are outside of our control. This is something that we deal with in our own household with our, you know, with my son. And as much as I try to be the calming influence and tell my wife that, you know, we can only worry about the things that we can control. 
I'd be lying if there isn't a part of me that still has those fears. And I try to be the best dad that I can be. But even in that, I know I will never be good enough, even in my own eyes. I'm always going to critique something that I did or maybe did not do. My intentions are always good, but just like death, taxes, and Thanos, I'm going to get some shit wrong. Parenting didn't come with a handbook, but we shouldn't also expect to be perfect. Because shit, I can tell you for me personally, I learned a lot of good lessons from you know people getting shit wrong. And I say all that to say that, again, I know it's tough right now, but there was one part of what the mom had to say that, that kind of stuck stuck out to me. That being, he was loved more than he realized. Now, I'm not a psychologist or anything like that. I don't claim to be an expert. But I think overall, he probably did realize how much he was loved. In our darkest times, though, it's not always the thing that's, you know, right in the front of our thoughts and guiding our actions. Now, though, let's get into a little bit of the why. Um, We all know kids can be cruel, but for me, they aren't the root of what the uh, real issue is here. Because just like anything else, no kid is born with this type of hate or ignorance. No kid is born with the idea that because he didn't necessarily have a religion and, you know, he was gay, that because of those two things, he was going to go to hell. This, of course, is learned behavior, taught ideology. So while the easy road here would be to obviously put the blame on these kids or ask what the school did or did not know or what they did or did not do, for me, the problem starts at home with the parents of these kids. And don't get me wrong, we should also investigate what the school did or did not know, and we should investigate what they did or did not do. The bullying happened on their watch, so there has to be some sort of responsibility and accountability there. Let me make that clear. But without parents teaching their kids this type of ignorant, unnecessary, and just flat-out stupid ideology... This doesn't happen, or at least doesn't happen for that reason. And it will never make sense to me why people who aren't gay or lesbian or whatever have so much to say about someone who is and worry so much about what they're doing with their dick or their pussy. Especially to the point that you feel compelled to say something about it. Because let's take gay or straight out of it. If you don't agree with something or it's just not something that you yourself do, why have anything to say if it doesn't affect you? It's not like someone's interviewing you and you have to give an answer. Just shut the fuck up. Worry about your own dick or your own pussy. Because guess what? Nobody on the other side is worried at all about yours. And while we're here, not that I'm a spokesperson by any means, but I would like to dispel a popular theory that I've heard time and time again. Homophobic males, this is for you. Gay men are not predators that are just waiting for the chance to hit on you, let alone go, you know, get all over your man parts. The only people who prey on their targets like that are you, when you can't seem to look any different than that wolf from the old cartoons who, you know, have the eyes bulging out of the head anytime that a woman walks by. I mean, shit, 
there are more than enough sexual harassment claims that have come out in the last few years that would back up that statement. My wife has told me that random men have either slapped her ass before in a club or in some cases even grabbed it. What in the hell would make anyone think that that's acceptable behavior? Like, ladies, I I couldn't be you. I'd be fucking terrified just to leave my house every day. And I know this may seem hard to grasp for someone who, you know, is any sort of homophobic, but gay or straight, non-binary or, you know, whatever the hell, at the end of the day, we're all human beings just trying to make our way in the same shitty-ass world as everyone else. Main difference here being, you know, whatever it is that tickles your pickle. And not that ignorance should have ever been justified, but I think it's pretty mind-blowing that in the times we are now living in, that it still has to be said that people should be allowed to be attracted to or love whoever the hell they want to. It has literally nothing to do with you, so why waste your energy in perpetuating such an ignorant form of hate? Till you get your shit together and stop with the foolishness, just sit this party out. It doesn't require your RSVP. Allow people the same freedom to live their lives as you yourself have. While it, it, it won't help now and it certainly won't heal the wounds made to this family, just because this kid wasn't able to live his life as he so chose doesn't mean that the environment can't change and for some other young boy or young girl that they won't be allowed to live their lives how he or she or they choose. I end this podcast with the same message every episode. Not because it's catchy, but because it's something that I live my life by. Spread love, not hate. Because as much as this might sound corny, and I don't know, Big Bird probably said something to the effect on Sesame Street before, but love is way more powerful than hate. So powerful that we, we can never seem to truly understand it. It's something that I understood the first time I felt it. And it's something I'm sure I felt the first time I looked at my mom, the person who literally kept me alive before she ever saw me. And it's something that I felt, and to a degree it it also changed, the first time that I looked at my son. And because of that love, I will do whatever I can to not only spread ideas of love, but also point out and condemn ideas of hate. Okay, we have arrived at last call where I leave you with some parting words before sending you off to hopefully enjoy the rest of your week. Um, So the plan initially with this segment, or I think, you know, at least at some point, I had made up my mind that I was going to end everything on a positive note. But (laughs) the more and more I try to be positive, there are things that come up that make me just want to go on an angry rant. And this week again is going to be one of those weeks. Uh, For those who haven't noticed, I've kind of gotten away from talking sports on this podcast, and mostly because I feel like that gets the least amount of response. Who knows, though? Maybe I'll do a separate uh, sports podcast or something, but who knows? Time will tell. Anyway, I'm watching the Sixers game against the Hornets this past Monday, and something that I like to do while I'm watching a game is also check what people are posting 
on social media, and Bleacher Report is one of the ones I like to check the most. Um, so to provide some background before I get into what I'm going to bitch about, the Hornets had like four or five players that had to miss the game due to uh, health and safety protocols, a.k.a. COVID. So already I'm thinking this should be an easy win because even with those players, uh, the Hornets are still not a better team than the 76ers. It's not debatable. But as it turns out, some guys had you know some pretty bad shooting nights, and it's coming down to the wire. And Joel Embiid hits a shot to tie it and then just missed one that would have um, won the game for them. But it went into overtime. And now here we are in overtime. Embiid hits like three or four straight jumpers before he misses one. And I look at the comments, <laughs> and the first one that pops up is, quote, Embiid needs to stop shooting so much and pass the ball. It's a team game. <laughs> Which, I'm already pissed, because while it's true there is no I in team, there sure the fuck is an I in win. Joel Embiid is not the 76ers, but the 76ers aren't the 76ers without Joel Embiid. And I'm sitting there like, how is this guy watching the same game that I am? Because the jumpers that he's making for being a center with his size are pretty fucking amazing. And forget the fact that the game is up for grabs, but you aren't even in overtime with a chance to win the game if he doesn't score 30 points. And the only reason it's close now is because he ended up with 43 fucking points. If there was ever a night to get on the, uh, you know, Embiid shoots too much argument, it can't be on a night when Seth Curry's 0 for 100 from 3 and Tobias Harris isn't exactly cooking. So, to his point, who exactly would you have liked Embiid to pass the ball to? And then I go to the next comment. Quote, fire Doc Rivers. Which led me to, what about this game exactly is Doc Rivers' fault? Is it his fault that his team can't hit shit from three-point land? Or is it his fault that his team can't defend a subpar team who's missing three to four of their players in their current rotation, including its most marketable star player? And it was the comments that I kept reading from this game, and those two in particular, that have brought me to this point. And that point is, why watch something that you don't really understand? And this goes on with the Make America Shut the Fuck Up Again, because maybe it's not why are you watching, but why are you commenting about it if you don't understand it? Because clearly, if you're watching a guy score 30 or 43 points, and your first thought as soon as they miss a shot is to say he shoots too much, not only do you not know basketball, but you clearly don't understand sports. So just shut the fuck up. And let me clear this up for you. No owner or GM or president of, I don't know, basketball operations or whatever is going to fire a championship winning coach after a loss on a random Monday night of the regular season when the team has already been riddled with players missing games. And not only just players missing games, star players missing games especially after they were just the number one seed in the entire Eastern Conference last season. So to anyone who would think to make a comment like that publicly or a comment to the effect of, you know, insert name here is trash based off of one play you just watched, please do me and yourself a favor. 
find a roof, find the edge, and continue to walk. Or jump. Make it extra fun. Go Sixers. Spread love, not hate. And remember, closed mouths don't get fed. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Alright, let's do this shit. It is amazing how my beautiful, innocent son has not said fuck yet. Because, let's face it, you're boring. It's coming out of two different places. Do we really know that OJ killed two people? Whoever did that shit wasn't leaving a witness. That person was a savage. Please do me and yourself a favor. Find a roof, find the edge, and continue to walk. Or jump. Make it extra fun. Spread love, not hate. This is something that I live my life by. Bye.